day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 78 of Shop Talk. It's Jennifer. And Carrie. And we're back with a recap of 514 of the Rookie and 114 of the Rookie Feds. We got to see some interesting storylines as well as personal and professional changes for some characters in these episodes. So these these were good episodes, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go ahead and start off with the news. We only have one episode description so far. Like I looked earlier and there wasn't one for the Rookie. Um, so we just have the rookie feds. We do have the episode name for the rookie, but like it's not like official, official, I think, from ABC. Like it's not on the press site that we use. So I don't know. Oh, I didn't even realize there was like the name was out. Yeah, it's on the thing that like Ricarda shares every week where it like shows what episode number and like what date. And it's titled The Con, but I mean, I wouldn't think that it would change, but who knows um so right now we just have the episode description for rookie feds that airs on valentine's day um so not next week but the week after and it's titled dead again um and it's during the recent murder investigation of an investment banker who was also declared murdered six years ago the unit follows a suspicious trail that leads to new evidence on both cases meanwhile relationships are put to the test as Fortune considers her future with Carter and Brendan pushes his limits with Antoinette. I don't want anything to happen to these relationships. I don't either. I mean, I don't necessarily know if Fortune and Carter's like has a negative connotation, but I really yeah. don't want Brendan and Antoinette's to have a negative either, yeah. well, connotation or negative result just because I really have grown to like them. So... They did release promo photos today for it. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay, I'm they released it, like, while we were working on outline or whatever. So, like, it looks oh, like goody. Carter's okay. back in the hospital. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And Fortune's well, I mean, unless he's just him. there. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. unless he's just there to, like, you know, do his thing. But, like. <laughs> You're going to love these ones of Laura. I already Good. know it. Brendan Akers. Hello. Um, yeah, just a lot of like Carter and Fortune ones, which okay. is always good. Um, some Cuddy and Simone ones, that. and then yeah, an Antoinette one. But yeah. there's not much telling from them. So I'm just like, I don't even know. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a Britt Robertson slash Laura Stenson <laughs> stan. So. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. I'll be curious to see like if they um if they rope like Valentine's Day into this yeah. somehow. No, I was just gonna say like Laura seems like the person that would be like Valentine's Day is a commercialized holiday. Mm-hmm. Why do we have, you know, or she could yeah. just dive into the psyche of like why people like this holiday so much. Yeah. Like she's so anti it. And you know, Brendan is just like, Oh, but Valentine's Day is just so nice. Like, don't you like to get spoiled or whatever? And she's like, No, yeah. I hate it. Yeah, like I could picture Brendan being the kind of person that would literally give like whoever he was dating like chocolate flowers and a giant teddy bear. Like, yes, all three. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But then when Brendan like finds out that uh, Laura doesn't like it, so he's like, "Oh man, I gotta tell Atlas like to you know call off the flowers <laughs> or whatever." Oh god, that'd be hilarious. I would that'd love that. So I would funny. love that so much. These well, these like, promo he seems photos more like into it though. Like Alice yeah. seems like from the well, I guess it's been a couple weeks or whatever. 
like when yeah. they were hooking up at the end of the episode and he was like oh what if I want more than that and Laura's just like it's just sex buddy like yeah. hello <laughs> so I yeah. don't know I don't know if we'll get like a mention of you know like if it is like about Valentine's Day right they're gonna do anything like yeah, I don't know I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean the the promo photos don't give away too much of the episode, just that they're in a hospital or something. Um, and then there's some behind the scenes pictures that were dropped too. So yeah. some fun ones. But yeah, nothing for the rookie yet. They're usually like behind and coming out with stuff. So I'm sure that yeah. we'll get it either tonight at some point at 2 a.m. or tomorrow. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But so yeah, but we'll be sure to post those. We'll be sure to post those photos later. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the next bullet point, obviously, Eric and Rosalind have a new episode of their podcast. He said Ayadijo. So be sure to check that out. I think Eric was like liking and retweeting a couple of things because people had shared their mm-hmm. thoughts on the sneak peek clip that they posted. Yeah. Yeah, because he was in so. the trailer for yeah. work. Mm-hmm. The dedication, <laughs> yeah, just to like do that, like have the podcast be yeah. on set, record that on top of everything else. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. I know I started listening to a little bit of it, um, and they had their they had Rosalind's life coach on this week, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But um, in some heavier news, we do have some sad news to share. If you aren't on Twitter or haven't been um, on social media. Annie Worshing, who played Rosalind Dyer, has passed away from a battle with cancer. Um, Our thoughts and condolences go out to her family, but she leaves behind three young boys, um, like very young boys. I mean, I think the youngest was like four or something. And there is a GoFundMe to help take care of them. Their rookie account has posted about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Cast members have, so... Yeah. And I think I saw somewhere, I think the rookie said that they were dedicating the Valentine's Day episode to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they had posted because yeah. she sadly passed Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. I believe. And then the rookie posted Monday saying they were going to dedicate the February 14th episode to her. So. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. She was, she was really young. She was only 45. Mm-hmm. So. And I think I had read that she had had cancer since like 2020. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she had been fighting that for a while and even like came back to play Rosalind and like finish mm-hmm. out that character. And she, yeah. you know, played a bunch of other different characters. So it was yeah. nice to hear too and like read how she was with her family. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I've only ever known her as Rosalind Dyer. So I was like, oh, wow, she, that's like a stark contrast from Rosalind. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had known. I was familiar with her other roles. Like I know she was in Timeless, um, Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. Bosch, 24, lots of different things. But yeah, it was just, it was just shocking. Like, cause yeah. she was very private, which is understandable. Right. You know, she chose to do that with her uh, yeah. cancer diagnosis, but yeah, it was just, wow. But yeah, mm-hmm. she will be dearly, dearly missed by yes. us everyone and all of us in the rookie fandom for sure yeah yeah even uh the character who or the actor who played armstrong like had commented and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. all the tributes rolling in were sad Mm -hmm. 
but also like a little heartwarming to see just that yeah. you know even though she was like a guest star and a villain for you know kind of a short period of time like she was still so loved on the set so mm-hmm. yeah um so kind of switching gears we will talk about episodes 14 by 14 and 114 and we'll start off with the rookie um just because it's the first episode of the night so we'll start off with bailey and john and this gunman ex-firefighter person um so bailey you know just like here's the phone here's John on the phone with his mom and you know she's devastated that she's not invited to the wedding and everything and Bailey's like we only have two wedding guests like it's a small wedding does she not understand that and Nolan just explained that like he explained all that but he's like it still doesn't help and it's still a knife to her heart which like I understand why he's not inviting her but like also that's your mom like especially because his dad isn't around like yeah invite her well, yeah and then just i don't know like i could like when he and selena were talking in the sneak peek that they had posted i could kind of see mm-hmm. both sides of like why yeah. not to and then why to go ahead and invite yeah him. so then bailey's like i really don't mind inviting her like if it'll make her happy and john's like it's not even about the wedding she just wants me to pay her you know to come to not come ten thousand dollars to be exact and john's like she's not coming i won't let her ruin our wedding which like i don't know this entire storyline like once we got to the end it was like it just i don't know it was a lot yeah um but then john and selena are like driving and she's like questioning how he can not have his mom at his wedding and john's like it's simple like she's a narcissist and borderline con woman and like he tells selena about what she did to gray and luna and selena's like yeah that's not good but she's still your mom and selena's just like i can't imagine like getting married without my mom being there and she's like of course it'll have to be in her living room though because she won't leave her house i loved how we got like a callback to that too yeah Mm -hmm. um so then john like shares that selena has a fundamentally good mom so of course like she can't imagine his situation selena's like you're right like i shouldn't judge and we at this point like no one we didn't know that there was an arrested civilian in the back of the shop and he just like pipes up and he's just like i'll judge and he goes into all this and it felt like a cold open to me like that part felt like a cold open just because we've had that before um and it was kind of comedic how you know like we didn't know that there was an arrested civilian in the back and then he just like all of a sudden is like i'll judge so um later in the episode Balin's on the phone and John's like John asks her how old she was when she did her first load of laundry and she gives her answer he gives his and it's a good callback to Aaron's storyline which I felt was like I don't know the way that it, it this call happened it was like okay I feel like we missed a spot here like we went from A to C yeah. and we missed B like yeah that a spot. little bit I could kind of understand yeah um because I mean how does John know about it? Like, I would assume that Lucy would have called him or told him in the district, but I don't know. We just mm-hmm. didn't see it. So they hang up, but not before they confirm their lunch plans. And, you know, she's like, can't wait or whatever. And so then, you know, she hears gunshots and gets up to the front of the ambulance and she finds out the driver who's been shot. 
um, and they're heading like right for a dumpster. So like she does get the rig to stop just in time. Um, and ultimately like saves the day for the three, the three passengers in the ambulance. Um, but then John and Selena like roll up to the scene and meet with Bailey. And she's like, I'm fine, but my partner just went to surgery. And you know, this is bad luck. Like I've had two partners out going to surgery or get hurt because of me. And I don't know. I just like Bailey mentions that she saw the red sedan speeding off and she wishes that she could be more helpful. And after she mentions the bad luck, Selena's like, I have a great uh, Kundera who can like cleanse it right out. Like, you know, just say the word and I can get you the information. And Greg comes up with um, a word from the hospital and, you know, the partner and the patient that Bailey was tending to will both be okay. Like, and he asks if the shooting, if they think, if she thinks that they were shooting at the patient and Bailey's like, possibly, but it could have just been a random drive by. And um, she's like, I ultimately just don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was, that was the case. That was the starting point for the entire like case, obviously. Um, but side note, I just loved how like Lisseth didn't have to like bend to go under the caution tape like the guy like lifted it <laughs> up and she was just like I'll just walk right through yeah was like no I'm good I got yeah. it <laughs> she's so tiny like yeah. they did that on her Chicago PD days and I just I loved that because yeah. everyone else had to like bend down yeah. and go under and she was just like I'll just walk right under it no big deal yeah. yep so then as John and Selena like roll up to a car fire, that's their second call. He shares that the detectives got like a partial plate and they, so like that doesn't really go anywhere. So they go to talk to the firefighter. There's no signs of arson for this fire, but the investigators will have to decide that. So the firefighter is like, you know, do you have any real evidence and on this, you know, uh, shooting and everything. And John's like, you know, yeah, I've got the best people working on it um, because this firefighters men like they're getting kind of shaken up by it um, and so then shots start firing at this next scene the firefighter is shot and John like looks back to see that the shooter is in a red Sentra which is the car that they had found the uh, plates on before so Gray's like getting an earful from the fire captain about how they need to catch this guy and his men are in danger and all of that. And John just like walks into Gray's office thinking that he's probably going to talk about that. And after Gray like hangs up the phone, he's, he tells John that he's gotten multiple calls from his mom and you know, his mom's asking why her son is dodging her calls. And like, she even called dispatch and John's reaction is just very meme-like and very John Nolan-like. But, you know, John apologizes. Gray's like, I don't want to hear from her again. Like, you know, just take care of this. And so John, like, face palms as he leaves. And it's just, it's hilarious until you, again, get to the end and you're like, this doesn't make John look very good. Like, it doesn't <laughs> at all. Because... Okay, even if you are dodging her calls or you don't want her to come to the wedding, still like accept mm -hmm. her calls. Like she's calling this many times for a reason, whether it's to yeah. go to the wedding or not, like call her back. Yeah. I mean, I think it is just like a, I don't know, like a way that, you know, like people that have parents like that old kind of yeah. do that. And then they, you know, 
do that like in t- in tv land to mm-hmm. i'm sure he's gonna be you know like wrestling with these feelings you know yeah. surrounding everything and then maybe that'll yeah. factor into his you know like his personal life will bleed into his work life or his relationship i don't know yeah we we have the promo for next week and they kind of touch on it so mm-hmm. yeah um, but then, you know, Balin's getting ready to have dinner and John receives a call from a doctor who's trying to verify her insurance. And John just, you know, he wants this doctor to tell his mom that it's not happening. And like John gives him advice and, you know, John tells Bailey after he's like, this is just number five in her playbook, like pretends to be sick gives to, and gets him to give his credit card information to her accomplice and so there's not really much more said about that. Um, so we go into the next day. John's like spent all morning looking into their suspect who turns out to be an ex-firefighter and got cut and didn't take it very well. Like, so he even started lashing out at other firefighters. And so John is like, yeah, we cross-referenced his plates with the vehicle that we saw and that he's a match. So John and Selena are waiting for this ex-firefighter to show up in the parking garage and they've got backup with them. Like they corner him. It kind of reminded me of the Spider-Man meme where like Spider-Man, there's like a dozen Spider-Men and they're like, what's going on here? Um, Except that was not the case this time. Like they all knew that who they were getting. Um, So, you know, they've got back up with them. They see him open his trunk and it reveals a lot of guns. So they take him into custody. And then Bomb Squad also has to be called because he's got a grenade in his trunk. So there's, you know, like that's just kind of the end of that storyline. And then at the end of the episode, Balin is just like hanging out and no one gets a call that his mom has passed away. And so he's like, he's taken back by and shocked because he obviously didn't think this was going to happen, but Mm kind of just reveals that the doctor calling him was not fake because when he heard the name, Dr. Schnitzel, he was like, really, this is, this is why it indeed was not. Mm -hmm. So, but that's kind of where we leave off with Balin. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see next week. Like, Mm-hmm. or not next week but next episode i don't know like it looks like his mom like lives out in the middle of the desert or something so yeah well and like seemed to have left him quite a mess to clean yeah. up <laughs> yeah so yeah yep. we'll see so then we have aaron lucy and tomorrow i loved aaron and lucy writing together like i it just was... loved seeing their dynamic yeah it was like it was funnier than I expected because I really didn't quite know what, like, based on the episode description that we got, I wasn't really sure, like, how they were going to approach the topic of Aaron's, like, you know, yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Aaron and Lucy are going about their day. Lucy mentions that there's, like, a new lunch spot uh, that's Chinese and Ukrainian fusion. And Aaron's like, if it's not cheap, then I'm not going and lucy's like wait but you're rich like why not and aaron's just like i'm not taking any more of my parents money since uh his mom showed him a new prototype of an aaron thorson action figure and lucy's like that sounds awesome and aaron's just like yeah but i've worked hard enough 
to have people take me seriously as a cop and I'm not like going to undermine it for a couple million dollars. And Lucy's like a couple million dollars. Like, heck, if you're not going to do it, then I will. And right as she's like flexing her muscles or like her biceps or whatever, you know, and she just says, Lucy Chen, fist of justice. And it reminded Mm -hmm. me of when she said something like that about Kojo. And she was like, Kojo, king of. Oh yeah. King of canines. Yeah. King of canines. Yeah. Tim just like walks up with a box of his things Mm -hmm. and he's moving into his new office. um, And he's just like, what are you doing? Her high is adorable. And she's just like, she's obviously caught off guard. But again, this would help if we knew, if Aaron knew about them. Like, it would help so much if we did. Because, I don't know, I, like, couldn't decide if she was just, like, trying to not be all girlfriend-like. Or if she was. Like, I couldn't decide. I was like, why can't just I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, then, like, you know her high is all adorable she notices the splat of paint on his forehead and she's like oh you got something there like she wants to point and like touch him but she's like oh wait no i can't and so then even aaron like kind of mimics it too and he just like brushes it off he's like whatever and aaron then mentions his new job title and he's like so metro police liaison like you know it's the best of both worlds and we see tim's new office and it's pretty small and old looking um but lucy tells them like she kind of pops her head in the doorway and she's like well at least it won't take you long to move in and then she just like gets out of there because tim also just shuts the door like it was just funny to see them kind of like flirting at work but then trying to still like kind of keep it a little bit under wraps um and as tim like shuts the door Aaron and Lucy like walk over to the window and like go to watch him and Tim like looks back and they just both give him a thumbs up like Aaron's the double thumbs up Lucy's the, uh, just the one thumbs up and I was like wow this is like if you had a meme a reaction that would be that uh-huh. yeah well and then like the episode before like last time we had Tim do the thumbs up so it was like yeah they flip-flopped yeah And he just, like, pulls the blinds down. Like, he's exasperated. He's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And so just the whole segment was hilarious. And, like, I loved the three of them together, um, even if it was for, you know, 30 seconds to a minute or whatever. So Aaron and Lucy are obviously writing together for the day. Aaron's looking at apartments online, and he's like, everything's just too expensive for me. And he asks her how she lives on a comp salary. And she's like, we make pretty good money. Like, it's not that bad. And Aaron's just like, yeah, but my paycheck just disappears. And he's like, I have dry cleaning that's weekly for $500. And I'm like, okay, well, that's how it goes away. That's like $2,000 a month, dude. And so it turns out that he dry cleans everything, claiming that putting it in the washer ruins it as he was told by my mom or by his mom and he's like it's the most cost effective in the long run no it's not not if it's two thousand dollars a month like well i mean i just i just don't know if he like has ever seen money in a different way as other than oh having never has like an overabundant overabundance of it i guess yeah he never has like five hundred dollars to him is no big deal 
or is like $500 to us is a huge deal. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's just like, yeah, I dry clean everything. Like washing it ruins it. Okay. Well, even then, like you've got enough money to where you could be going and buying new clothes, whole new wardrobe or whatever. Like, I think you would be fine either way, but Tamara then calls and says like things are weird at her babysitting job and the kid that she wakes that she babysits babysits for woke up and like both of his parents were gone and so Tamara's like no one's answering their phone like I'm just kind of worried and Lucy and Aaron get to the house go check things out and Lucy asks her if she noticed any signs of fourth century and Tamara just used her key to get in like she even looked around for a little and everything seemed normal. So Aaron's like, well, how well do you know this family? And she's like, I've been working with them for, I've been working for them for six months, like saying the dad is a little aloof and works a lot. And the mom's more around, you know, just running a nonprofit. And so the dad ends up coming in and looks up from his phone to see Lucy and Aaron. And Tamara just like quickly explains herself. And he's just like, yeah, we had a family emergency. My wife had to fly home and deal with a family matter. And just as the dad's like apologizing to Tamara and says that like he should have told her, Lucy's like, so where is your wife? And he's just like, oh, it's just all a big misunderstanding. And Lucy's like, yeah, but where were you? Because Cosmo woke up alone. And the dad's like, well, I had to take my wife to Cincinnati or to the airport. Like she's got to go to Cincinnati. And he was like, you know, I thought I would be back before Cosmo woke up. And so Aaron's just like, yeah, well, we'll have to talk to the wife to verify that and like that she's okay. It's just protocol. And so we'll need the number that we can reach her at. And so the dad like doesn't have it. And he's just like, yeah, I'll get it to you when I find it. And so tomorrow like offers to take Cosmo to school, but the dad's just like, he can just stay home. Like he's already missed half the day. And so as Aaron and Lucy are walking out, she just says that she's not buying any of that and that they should loop in the detectives. Um, and Lucy, like they continue, they continue on with their day and Lucy just kind of like, she keeps going down his budget list and like his um, luxuries and everything. And she's like, so how much do you spend on food? And when asked, he just keeps like skirting the question. He's like, um, I do order in a lot. But I also like have takeout so I can like find my receipts. Um, and she's like, do you know how to cook? Like that's pretty cost effective too. And when asked, he's like, I know how to make the perfect martini. She's yeah. like, okay, like what? Yeah, um, and so, food. yeah, so I don't know. I did like seeing how it was very much different between them, right? Like Lucy right. has always kind of been on her own. You know, she has to save. She has to like, you know, be careful with her with her money. Whereas Aaron has never known that. And so to him, that's not a big deal. And I liked kind of seeing the differences between them mm -hmm. and seeing like how she reacted versus how he reacted. Um so Angela meets with Aaron and Lucy and she's like telling them about the mom. She's like, you know, she wasn't on any flight manifests and her family in Ohio hasn't heard from her. Um, so Angela wants to talk to Sonia's husband. And as Angela's interrogating the husband, uh, Dion, she wants to know if he has any idea on why her car was parked in Hollywood with her phone and purse still inside. 
and he just keeps insisting that like he doesn't know where Sonia is and that's the truth but you know he says that he did lie to Lucy and Aaron before and uh he said that he had heard from the kidnapper that if he involved to the police that the kidnapper would kill Sonia and so it turns out that she never came home the night before and like he was about to call the police when his phone rang and it was the kidnapper who would say that he who said that he would have to pay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to see Sonia again? And the husband's like, "Sorry, I lied, but like I want to handle this myself." And Angela just tells him bluntly, "She's like, I, that's no longer an option." And so she wants to know more about the man's voice. So like we don't hear any more about that. Um, but Tamara and Cosmo are waiting in the station, and she tells them that like whatever whenever he wants to talk like she's there for him and he can call her um and she's just trying to like kind of keep his mind off of it um side note she has a permanent laminated visitors badge like did you notice that he just had the sticker and she had like a badge with like a little clip on it oh no i didn't because she goes there so much i love it Hmm. um and as i was watching it on the second rewatch i mean even the first one too i was like it would be really great if we saw Tamara become like a rookie or do something in the LAPD um, just to kind of where like she would still be in with the group. I don't know. I feel like when she started school, they kind of talked about that. And that's why she was taking like criminal classes or psychology yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know she was studying like sociology and mm-hmm. psychology and criminology. I just didn't, I don't know. Like, that's what other people were saying too and i like not that i don't want her to i guess just because she's like still young like i feel like maybe when she actually finishes yeah. school if we'll like see that like i don't know yeah. i'm just like oh this kid's in school like let's just let her be in right. school right now i don't know i mean i don't think i would but... want to see her as like a rookie you know like i i, I don't know I, maybe like as a child advocate or like a dcfs person or something something to where like she has to come into the district a lot or the station um but i think that's just because i just want to keep tomorrow on the show so um yeah so then you know tomorrow like or angela gives the rundown to lucy and tomorrow claiming that sonia was kidnapped for ransom and you know he doesn't want the cops involved and so angela's like he already lied to us once like i'm not taking anything at face value and so she then asks Tamara if she thinks that he would hurt Sonia. And Tamara's like, no, I've heard them argue like maybe twice. And Tamara's like, do you think that he killed her? And Angela's like, I'm not ruling anything out at this point. And so Angela starts telling Lucy like what she needs, one of them being a warrant on his phone. And she's like, if he has to make a money drop, he shouldn't be doing it on his own. So we cut over to see Tamara and Lucy like eating dinner and Tamara shares that she's been working another job to get first month, last month and the security deposit for a place. And she's like, I can't live with you forever. Like, let's be honest with Tim around. Like, it's just kind of getting crowded. And she's like, you know, at some point, like, you'll want me out. Like, if you don't already want a place of your own, which like, no, she can't leave. They're such a little family. Like, she cannot go anywhere. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like, not that I don't want her to, but I feel like it's just, like, a natural, yeah, like, progression or a, 
I kind of just with Tim and Lucy being an item, you kind of wonder how that's gonna right like balance itself out. I guess yeah. So. Especially if they're spending so much time at Lucy's apartment, like it can make Tamara feel like it's to me. Yeah, Tim has a house. I know. Crying out loud, his own house. It's not even like he shares it with anyone, or like. But then that's still smaller place. You know, like would if they were spending more time at Tim's house, it would be oh well. Then Lucy doesn't get to see Tamara as much, or you know. Yeah. So I guess it's still kind of. I totally see where Tamara is coming from. Issues, yeah. But yeah, like it just, and then especially with like Tim coming home, it was just like such a little family moment, like little family scene. Um, so Tim like comes home, he apologizes for being late, just like walks in, has the key to her apartment. Like the man's already like halfway moved in. I mean, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's asking like if they're ready for the moving movie, and tomorrow's like, I'm just gonna go to bed. Um. And I, they're just like, they're such a little family because Tim's like, are you sure? Like, you don't want to miss this movie or whatever. And I don't know. It was just, it was cute. I was like, I don't want tomorrow to go, but like, I also can see it. But yeah. So, uh, so then tomorrow comes out the next morning, like asking for an update on Cosmo's mom. And she asks Lucy if like, she thinks that it's about money. And then tomorrow ends up getting a call from Cosmo and she's got to go so lucy tells her that she'll be parked outside um and to call her basically if she needs anything so aaron and lucy are obviously outside the apartment outside of the house and lucy's like sorry for getting us on this boring assignment or whatever and aaron's like no problem i can apartment hunt and you can watch out for tomorrow and he's looking for a cheaper place but like his one requirement is that it has to have a pool and lucy sees one and she's like here like this is perfect or whatever and he's like no this place is trash like no i'm not gonna live here and it obviously just showed that like he needs the finer things in life to where she's like cool with like a little bit more of a funkier like place um so tamara and cosmo are in like and playing video games or whatever and she hears something and she's like i'm gonna go check on your dad and she ends up calling lucy and you know she thinks that the dad is on the phone with the kidnappers and lucy's like the detectives are on it like don't do anything just to make sure that cosmo is fine and tamara listens in on the phone call like telling lucy everything that you know she's hearing or whatever and the dad just comes out of the office and like she confronts him And turns out that he did all this for money. So he, like, he's going in. Um, Angela then, like, interrogates him. She gets the name of the guy that he stole from. And he's going to be arrested for embezzling money. Um, So he, like, wants to call the people who have his wife and tell him that he has the money or whatever. And Angela's like, you're going to write us a full confession. Um, So we then see Tim and the Metro team along with Angela, Aaron, and Lucy, all, like, watching this go down. Um, And Angela's the lookout. And so when asked by the guy from Metro, like, why she's the lookout, Tim's like, well, there's no one I'd rather have watching my six than La Adelita, which I didn't catch that on the first watch. But um, 
the rookie had released a video today of of Alyssa like saying the nickname and like what it meant mm-hmm. and everything. So if you haven't checked that out, go check it out because it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so then the Metro guy just like apologizes quickly and you know he's like, oh, I didn't know that you were a legend at the range. She's like, it's all good, whatever. And so they're all going in. Um, and like Metro has these cool little earpieces that like it's kind of like a headset, but not like all the way over the head or whatever so uh Angela tells them to like go in they're clear to go and uh you know so they're each they're divided up into three teams a b and c so Aaron throws like some gravel to cause the distraction the b team gets two in custody thanks to Aaron Tim takes down another guy for the a team and c team takes down two guys so I mean, there's there's five guys down, and then the A team is back on the move, and they find the mom and like the main kidnapper. So Tim takes the shot, gets him right in the leg, and the mom is safe. So we're good there. Um, and the dad is going to jail. So Cosmo's still taken care of, um, and everything's good there. So kind of towards the end of the episode, we see Lucy walk up to Aaron with an Excel spreadsheet. And she's like, I've got all of your expenses here. Like, you know, I've got this all figured out. And she's like, and your daily juices that you're having right now is not a part of that. And Aaron's just like, I'm taking my mom's money again. Like, I can't live in poverty. And she's just like, oh, okay. So all of her spreadsheet work, like, pretty much went to waste. But, like, also, Lucy, can you come here and help me manage some things? (laughs) Help me map it out at least, you know? It's very Lucy Jennifer, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. So then we go and see the end of it. Um, Tamara is looking for another babysitting job. And her and Lucy like talk about her moving out. And Tamara's like, I just don't want to be a burden. And you know, like, what if you and Tim like start having your own kids one day? Like, you know, you'll want your own place and you won't want me around. And you know, it's decided that tomorrow's not moving out anytime soon. Um, but you know, maybe when Chenford does have kids or whatever, like she can be a babysitter. Like Lucy's like, I hear you're really great at your job or whatever. And so that's kind of where we leave off on Lucy and tomorrow. Um, I mean, tomorrow's not going anywhere for a while, hopefully, but I I hope that even if that does happen, that she still sticks around. So yeah, because we love seeing Dylan on Dylan on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of it for like the Lucy, Aaron, Tamara of it all. Um, but I did pull out like Tim's n- like new Metro stuff off to the side just because it was kind of its own storyline. So we'll kind of get into that next. Tim's like pouring his coffee. And he, like, goes to get something out of the cabinet and, like, outfalls the little booties from, what was it, last season? Yeah, last season when yeah, she had those in his locker. Yeah. Um, And she comes out of the bedroom and she's, like, she's wondering if she missed it and he's and asks why he's up so early. And she just wanted to get a photo of his reaction. And he's like, I've got Metro training. Like, it's my first day at Metro and I'm the newbie. Like, I have to haul in the gear and the ammo. 
And she just like gives him crap. She's like, yeah, the newbie. And then she calls him a boot. And Tim's like, I'm a sergeant though. And Lucy just disagrees. And she's like, you'll always be a boot in my book. And that was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. It was the way that she thing. said boot and like called him boot. I was like, wow. Total like one like three 180 from what they had done. Like, you know, him calling her boot before. Mm-hmm. I obviously cannot talk to that. So, yeah, so they're, like, just about to kiss when the apartment door opens, and it's Samara. Um, And it's, like, early morning. I mean, it's dark mm. and everything, but, like, also, turn on a light. Can you? Like, I would love <laughs> to see them, like, you know, with a little bit of light in there. But I get it. Like, they're definitely, it's like, 4 a.m. or something. And so, you know, Tim's all awkward around Tamara, and his face, when she says, yeah, rager, it was good he was just like okay like I don't know what to do with this because what am I to you like just your (laughs) roommate's boyfriend like I don't know and so Tamara like wonders if she interrupted something and Tim's like nope I gotta go bye like you know couldn't get out of there fast enough so we see Tim at Metro training and he's trying to like locate the shooter and stop the threat and he ends up like getting shot quote-unquote a few times with what looks like paintball pellets like, it was definitely, like, pain. And so the Metro guys come out and drill it into him that, like, he's not on patrol anymore. He's a Metro, which means, like, they deal with major crimes, terrorism, hostages, barricades, all that. And they're, like, and it's elite. It's an elite unit. And, like, your form has to be perfect, which I understand why they were doing that with him. But, like, also, it's not like it's his first day on the job. You know, like, he's been on the job for a while and is in the military so they're just kind of like hazing him at this point um yeah a little bit yeah so lieutenant pine uh which we saw her in a few episodes ago with angela um tells him that like these mistakes happen to everyone and that metro just takes him getting used to and that he'll get it and so we see tim practicing again on the clearing and like he does better and the team comes out and they're like, yeah, now you have to get the company ink. And so they all like start to roll up their sleeves to show um, what they say is like a like ink. And Tim's like, we can't all get tattoos or whatever. And it turns out that it's a unicorn sticker and they just like start putting them on Tim. And he just like, he's obviously getting hazed at this point. And so Lieutenant Pine is just like, yeah, they, they're just testing you. And Tim's like, you know he just pulls out what he saw in the military and he's just like it's fine like it's all just part of team building and she's like it's not about how many stripes are on your sleeve but you know you'll you'll be fine with it you'll be fine and so she tells him that like if he's gonna lead the team he needs to show them the tim bradford that was tapped to join metro in the first place and so then that's kind of where we like go from there to the stuff with Angela, Aaron, and Lucy. Um, and so he's kind of like leading the team there. And so at the end of the episode, like we see Tim leaving for the day. And Lieutenant Pine just reminds him again that Metro is a different beast than patrol. And, you know, she's like, all of these guys were in the same position before. Like they were, you know, just kind of starting off finding their footing in the new unit. And so um She's like, do you want to grab a beer with us or whatever? And he's like, do I have a choice? Like, it's always the newbie's first, 
like day and they have to pay for beers or whatever. So he ends up going for a beer with the team, um, which I kind of wish that we had seen that more. Like I would like to see Tim kind of finding other people outside of like the core group to kind of like be friends with. And like, maybe there's even some military people like in the Metro unit. That would be yeah. interesting. Just would have been nice to actually see that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a tweet. I think we had retweeted it. That it was like a picture of Nyla, Angela, and Tim. And it was like, these three started out in patrol as TOs. And like, now they've moved on. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, look at them growing up. Yep. But yeah, that was kind of it for like the Tim stuff. It was nice to see Tim like start that position and like really get into it mm-hmm. but next we have the wesley stuff which like i just love that he got his own like storyline this episode but it was nerve-wracking a little bit like towards the end yeah. to it, i was like i don't really know if i want what's coming up for him yeah. so well just like monica's so shady like yes she made me so nervous the entire episode i was just Mm -hmm. like what is she gonna do next or what can she do yeah you know so i got the vibes like you know when she watches him come out of judge revis's office yeah after like she's talked to him or whatever she's like in like a red coat or something and I like she's kind of like in the dark or whatever. I got total A vibes from Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, she definitely like I I feel like she like has some power to wield that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> Don't like it. Well, and we know from the promo for two weeks from now, Elijah comes back and it looks yep. like Lopez is happy. And I'm just yeah. like don't hurt them please don't yeah because i really did not want that but wesley and monica are in judge revis's chambers and they're like talking about elijah on the case and monica's presenting a motion to exclude and wesley's just like mr parker is an eyewitness to the crime like picking the shooter out of the lineup and his testimony is essential to the case and monica's just like the eyewitness testimony is flawed flawed like they usually always are and the witness that wesley has at one time had a gun pointed to him so like he was also under stress and monica's arguing obviously that the high levels of stress like negatively impact memory and wesley mm-hmm. counters that any eyewitness to a crime has experienced high levels of stress and like questions if they're if they're throwing out the notion of witnesses so they argue more. Judge Revis is inclined to side with Monica on this, and Wesley's not happy. Which side note, Judge Revis is if you watch 911 Lone Star, he is Carlos's dad in it. Um, the TikTok account for the love of Carlos had pointed that out. And I was like, that's right, that is his dad. Because the show only ever comes on mid-season. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, wait, I know these people and then I don't. Um Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Judge Revis is like inclined to side with Monica on this. Wesley's not happy as he should be. And so the testimony is excluded. So Wesley and I are like walking down the hall together. I loved seeing these two like on mm-hmm. their own this episode. Yeah, I know. I like tagged you in yeah. the tweet and I was like, 
Jennifer was is loving this, I'm sure. Yes. His two faves. Like more of just them together, please. I mean, I love, I love when Angela's there too, but like Wesley and Isla, there's just something special about their friendship. Yeah. Um, and so they're walking down the halls together. Nyla was supposed to testify and have baby Leah with her. And Nyla was like, well, it's actually a good thing because if I had to testify, you would have had to have baby Leah, like take care of her. And Wesley's like, I could have done that. Like no big mm-hmm. deal. And so, you know, he sends her home or whatever. And, you know, she's like, I'm exhausted or whatever. And Wesley's like, I've been there. I've done that, you know, like go. And so, Wesley's like we're just gonna have to make the case without Parker's testimony and Nyla's just like yeah if the jury will really follow that but Wesley's like well no but I'm gonna file a continuous motion um and so Nyla's phone rings she asks if something similar happened with one of Angela's old cases and um it was a similar thing to like what like Angela was going through that happened with the judge before Rebus and so Nyla knew that Angela was pissed but like you know she had Wesley's office a perfect case and it fell apart during the trial and Wesley just tries to stand up for Rebus by saying that they can be fickle and like you know it can be hard to determine how they'll rule um and Nyla just brings up that like Rebus has been solid until recently and you know that's when cases started kind of like looking a little suspicious and so wesley we find out that wesley is clerked for rebus back and back when he was starting out and so did monica which like he was like you know she had a sharp mind and everything which okay if they both clerked for the same judge and they were like engaged that is a huge conflict of interest I mean, probably not, like, that much of a conflict of interest, you know, because it's not like they're competing. Well, they kind of are when you're clerking. I only know that from good trouble. I wouldn't know. I I wouldn't know if that would be a conflict or not. I mean. But even then, like, okay, if you're working at, like, a job, wherever it may be, you can't just, like, work with your fiancé in the same department. I mean, some... Some companies have stricter rules, I think, than others when it comes to that. But it's definitely just the more I learn about Wesley and Monica, the more I just can't even believe that he was engaged to someone before Angela in the first place. So just kind of take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to that. Especially someone with her personality. Like... I don't know. Angela has a strong personality, but never one that like Wesley can't kind of counter. Like it seems like anytime he's interacting with Monica, it's like Monica's got like the one up on him. Yeah. Yeah. So Nyla just like mentions that, you know, Revis is getting older. Like, you know, if he's starting to slip, someone should talk to him about retiring. And Nyla just like volunteers Wesley for the job. And so Wesley and Nyla are interrupted by baby Leah's crying and Nyla's just like, I can't even stop moving the stroller for even a minute. Wesley's like, been there, you know, go, you know, take care of her, whatever. I'll deal with Reva. So, you know, they're, they've kind of split for the moment. And then we see them walking up to Gray, who's getting back to the station from meeting with John Bailey and Selena. And 
he's like, what is so important that you cannot wait for me to get back to my desk? Like, this dude was not having it this episode. Like, when is he ever having it, honestly? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Wesley and Nyla are just like, we think that Judge Rivas is, you know, getting bribed um, and by Monica, who is, you know, protecting Elijah. And so... They think that she's bribing him to protect Elijah's guys. Like, and Wesley's like, well, I wouldn't put it past her to bribe a judge. Okay, I just need to know more about Wesley and Monica's past, honestly, because anything that we get, I'm just like, okay, we are learning a lot more. And how long were they together for? Did they ever mention that before? Oh, gosh, I don't know. That's been a few episodes ago now. I know. Um but even then i feel like they had to have been together for a while whether they were dating or engaged then for him to know this stuff like she's i mean if he doesn't think that she wouldn't be above bribing a judge like has she done it before i mean i don't know like i just need to know more about monica stevens (laughs) here so Nyla's just like, I'll try and get a warrant for his financial records. And Grace just like, be careful because judges are close and, you know, you have to approach someone you trust. So Nyla's like, well, I know the judge that I'm going to like won't warn Rivas, but Wesley's like, yeah, but will she openly go against another judge? So Gray tells Wesley that if Rivas is guilty of this, it'll call all of his cases into questions, even the one that the ones that didn't that he didn't throw and he's just like there's no telling how many criminals could go free so wesley and isla are like on the phone later and he proposes going to talk to rivas and then monica's just like leaving his office and wesley hangs up from nyla and like they start talking and he's just like after they talk he's like something still just seems off so he decides to still go into Revis's office. Revis is like, I'm going to go. Like, you just caught me. Um, and he just tells uh, Revis, Wesley tells Revis that he knows he's throwing cases. And, you know, Wesley's like, I don't have the evidence because Monica and Elijah are too smart for that. But, you know, I know that it's happening. And so Wesley just wants Revis to help put Elijah away for good. And he's like, you know, I know that, you know, you can help me with that. And Revis is like, yeah, but Elijah goes after everyone who crosses him. And Wesley's just like, you shouldn't have a problem getting witness protection. Like, it should not be a problem for you. And Wesley, you know, just reminds him that, like, he knows everything that he's going through. Like, the sleepless nights, wondering, like, what's going to happen. And so Wesley leaves Revis's office. We don't really know what ever happens with uh, Revis and if he'll help Wesley. And that's where we see Monica watching Wesley. Like, she just, like, kind of creeps out from the corner or whatever. So, like, that's not good. She's just, you know, watching him or whatever. And so the next day, Nyla and Wesley, like, go to Judge Revis's chambers, and they find him dead. And it's not, like, there's not, like, blood splattered or anything. So it's kind of like, okay, well, then how do they kill him? I don't know. I would just think like a gun. Maybe they poisoned him or something. Yeah, I was going to say poison or I know there's like ways to make something look like a heart attack. Yeah. Um, Or a, you know, other cardiac ailment. Yeah. 
but yeah because even i was like well you know it could be his age like we don't really know and wesley's like no elijah did this to protect monica like this that's what happened i just know it so wesley walks up to monica at the end and he's like you know elijah did that to protect you and she's like i don't believe you like one bit and he's like I can't help but wonder if the girl that I knew and loved in law school was always this way. And he tells her at the end, he's like, Elijah will kill kill you two eventually. And she just keeps on walking. And I'm just like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't looking too good right now. I have a feeling it's not. So. Nope. Like, well, that's fun. We've got two weeks to wait. (laughs) And then cut to the promo and Angela's just like, I'm just so happy. And I'm like, no, that's just, that's foreshadowing. So many things. Even though the rookie doesn't do us like that. Like they're not, they don't do us dirty like that. But like they do because look at Jackson Lost. Hey, that hurt. Yeah. That hurt. I know. I know. Especially because it's somewhat similar to the same thing. But I don't know. I just, I don't want Wopez to be hurt. I don't, I want them to have two babies and just like live happily mm-hmm. ever after, please. Yeah. But yeah. So that's about it for the rookie. We did have some listener thoughts. Do you want to take us through the first one? Uh, yeah, sure. Um. So Kim had said the rookie has been amazing. Um, and it's been amazing to see how it's been developing this season. Tonight's episode is no different. An entire shipdom. Oh, like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't familiar with that word. Um, yeah. has built, has built up and their enthusiasm is as fun to watch as the show was stunned by that ending though. Yeah. yeah. The ending was just very like they dropped this bombshell and then fade to black. <laughs> Yeah, because it ended with John and Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was just kind of a lot, but um Chrissy has said loved this episode. Super excited to see what happens with Elijah and Wopez. Protect them at all costs. They also said Chumfer needs to go to Tim Tim's house for a bit. And I need the writers to give us a Tim and Tamara heart to heart at some point before the end of the season. Yeah, a heart to heart. Yeah. Or just like, because I don't know if like any of them, well, any of them, either of them are particularly, you know, like ones to say their feelings mm-hmm. like more. So I feel, but I mean, just, just something to kind of establish where they're both at. Yeah. With things would be nice. I don't even know what the heart to heart would be. Like if she gets into trouble and like, he's like, you know, I'll always be here to help or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what, what the heart to heart would be, but I would like to see it. I don't <laughs> Sorry, know. I just, thought, I just thought of that meme. <laughs> like what? you said it exactly. Like the, I would like to see it. Like you just said it exactly. <laughs> like I would like to meme. see it, you know? Oh my God. I would. I would <sighs> like to see lucy or tomorrow like lucy kind of hear about it from tomorrow or something after too Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah. so 
I don't know. I guess we'll see. We are at like episode 15 in two weeks, which is so crazy that they only have like seven episodes left. Yeah, I was going to say definitely at the second half of, of these episodes now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blessed Turtle had said, Wesley finally got a decent sized arc in this episode and I couldn't be happier. Every scene with him was so well done and I was thoroughly entertained. They love seeing Tamara again. More Tamara is always a good thing in their book. Uh, they said, I'm also trying very hard not to spiral over what her sudden need for independence implies for Chenford. There's so much subtext there. Yeah. Nolan but really she could put- also just oh, yeah. be feeling like it's just crowded around there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. There's, yeah, but there there is a lot that can be kind of unpacked there. So mm-hmm. I feel like obviously I feel like it's gonna circle around or like come yeah. back. So also I feel like if tomorrow's such a good babysitter, we should see her babysit baby Jack or like oh. Leah and Lila. Yeah. Like why go. not? <laughs> yeah. Could definitely see that. Yeah. Bless Turtle also said Nolan really flexed his investigative muscles finding that firefighter assassin and it was quite impressive. Yeah, it was. I feel like he was like, I mean, obviously just because it was like Bailey, like extra motivated in a way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was. um, Yeah. They also said I'm waiting to see how both he and Selena fare when playing Close Day comes. That's going to be a sight to behold. I'm pretty surprised it hasn't happened yet same i was gonna say because you had just mentioned that i think last yeah recording about playing clothes day well i just wonder like if they're gonna do a lot of the normal like rookie stuff with her because they haven't mm-hmm. really yet besides yeah. her like commanding that scene mm-hmm. but i i mean i could see them not wanting to do it because they obviously did it with the first three rookies and then mm-hmm you know they did it with Aaron too so it's kind of like at this point it would just get repetitive but one because it's Lisette I would just love to see it happen Mm -hmm. so and because I would like to see how John handles it being the TO Mm -hmm. because it wasn't that long ago that he went through it I hope that they do a plain clothes day yeah she's been in like maybe not every episode but a lot of them this season Mm mm-hmm yeah. I don't know. I just hope that like we get to keep Selena Juarez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. And Definitely. that we get season six, which we very well might, because there was another show that got picked up for season three today. Yeah. So yeah, we're well, the ratings. Have, yeah, the ratings have been really, really good. Like they had, I think, the TV line article had said like their third highest yeah. audience this season or something. Like, I would be shocked if we don't get a renewal. Yeah. But so. between now and May is when it could happen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? We just have to sit on the edge of our seats yeah. for, like, three months. No That's big fine. deal. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, Bless Turtle said, finally, there's the Balin end scene. Not going to lie, it, it hit very close to home. Yeah. It just... No, just poor John. <laughs> yeah. We're done. Especially with just like the way that he was the entire episode. I was like, oh, this isn't gonna end very good. I didn't see that ending coming. No, I, I was like, either. this is not gonna end well. 
Yeah. Okay, so his mom's not going to the wedding. Like, she wasn't anyway. I wonder if uh, his brother Pete going to show up to the wedding. Oh, my gosh. They only have two guests. I need to know who these guests are. That's fair. I kind of, not that I, well, no, that that is true. I kind of forgot about Pete. Not going to lie. <laughs> Just for a split second. <laughs> um, How can you forget about Pete Nolan? I know. Sorry. I know. Um, but, yeah, I kind of. I need that to happen now. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be like really sad. I know. <laughs> they need him to make an appearance this season. Yeah. Like we only have seven episodes left. He has yeah. to like come in at some point. But uh, my question is, is they only have two guests. So who's going? Yeah. Like, and why wouldn't he invite the entire like station or at least the people that he works closely with? I guess if they just want to keep it small, like, you can't invite them and then not invite Bailey's co-workers but mm, I don't know yeah. I'm just like wait so we're not making this like a big to-do or like a big mm. spectacle yeah but yeah that's about it for the rookie mm-hmm. so it was good it was a good episode mm-hmm. I liked how Wesley had like more of an arc this one yeah definitely I know, like, people had some things to say on, like, Twitter and stuff, which is probably why we didn't get as many, like, listener thoughts. Yeah, I'm surprised that we time. didn't, but I kind of logged off Twitter early last night, so. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely, there was yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, there was. There was. Yeah. All right, should we move over to Rookie Feds now? You are rookie feds my goodness there were kind of like similar themes in a way when it came to like you know the dad that tomorrow babysat um like his kid like the doing things for money mm-hmm. or what happens when you have money <laughs> like those kind of similar themes played out in the rookie feds as well so i just kind of thought that was interesting um but so we'll start off with the billionaire's daughter storyline listen the episode kicked off in like a really eerie way and like it gave major to 11 vibes which i i don't know how to say this properly like i from a like tv fan standpoint i was like no i don't want to see that like yeah but then it was like cool and like it was really well done you know like you had like the bird's eye view and the you know close-up shots and then the you know we got to actually like see who it was even though we didn't know like a name or anything yet but still it was like you got an idea of what was going on just in that quick little yeah snapshot i guess um but yeah so it opened kind of like 211 in a similar way um and it's just we'd see a girl trying to escape and successfully get out of the place that she's in but not really know where to go because the land is uh so vast mm-hmm. so um and it cuts over a little bit um at least for this storyline um we see that a man is sending out a well i don't really know what he was doing because it looks like he was like on his phone yeah so like i didn't know if it was like one of those um it was like an ig live but like just one of those things or if it was because it's not like he was 
standing, you know, with a bunch of news cameras around him or something. Right. Um, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. But anyway, so we see this man, like, talking about um, his daughter's uh, been taken and been missing for 48 hours. And he is going to put up a reward for um, her return of $10 million. And so we find out that that girl from the opening is uh, Brie and her dad is a paper company CEO, Pierce Langham. And so his video caught the attention of the FBI. And so they're obviously going to investigate it and see if they can't, you know, find Brie before anything else happens. And so the first person they're going to look at is Bree's boyfriend, Jameson Teague, who deals pills. So obviously they're going to want to talk to him like ASAP. And I liked though that, I mean, obviously I'll get to Candace in a little bit um, for Garza's arc in the episode, but it was just nice that we had, I don't even know how to say it, like times where Simone was able to interject her like feelings and thoughts yeah yeah, about just the fact that yeah the FBI could be seen as you know biased or obviously their priorities are impacted because it's a you know white person who went missing and if it were a non-white person she doubts the bureau would act as fast so yeah I just thought it was like a night like nice way to integrate these things um into like an episode Mm -hmm. and so they well simone and carter like go to talk to um well i should say simone carter and candace go to talk Mm -hmm. to jameson uh and then brendan and laura are going uh to see pierce and so they actually like his his son, so Bree's brother Tate, like meets them and um, you know, is like, Well, if I, you know, could do this my way, but I can't because it's, you know, my dad's way or no way at all. Um, but he doesn't know of anyone that would want to like personally harm his sister, but there are plenty of people who would want to hurt the company. So he gives them a list. Um, oh my god, this man though, can I just talk about Pierce for a second? He was so ridiculous. I mean, like yeah even more ridiculous but just like the first time he met brendan and laura he's like what the bureau couldn't even send a full agent i was like sir you're yeah. so rude like what the heck i was like did you just call him like fun size or something like what no no yeah, i was like what the heck and i i mean i assume no one talks was, to brunson like that come well, on like i didn't even know like what the heck that even meant because <laughs> like i suppose like i thought at first i was like okay is it just because like brit's like short but yeah. then I'm like, or does it mean that, but like, how would he know that Brendan's like a, you know, like a rookie? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I just, oh my God, Kevin's face though, because he literally looked down at himself and then looked over to Brit. Oh my God, it's just the funniest thing. I know. <sighs> but yeah. No, was, no one talks to Brentson like that, like plain and simple. Just don't, don't talk to them like that. Yeah. But I mean, just like Laura being the queen that she is, is like not even phased. She's like, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm going to keep talking now. Um, so yeah. And so we like it cuts back and forth between the two people they're talking to. Um, and so 
it cuts over to um like i said simone carter and candace um pay Bree's boyfriend a visit and he tells them that while they were at this dive bar that you know Bree likes to go to because she can feel like she's not the billionaire's daughter daughter like she can just be a regular person um that when they left there was a gray pickup truck following them and then a little bit later it like we cut back over to the 211-esque landscape and uh the black suv pulls up and the kidnappers end up like they catch up to brie and like literally drag her back like kicking and screaming um back to the car so her escape attempt while a valiant effort did not get her where she wanted to go yeah yeah um and so they the bureau kind of tracks down um well or comes up with the suspect of Chaz Fowler because Jameson had dealt with him in dealing um and so they want to know if he's the one that you know could be the one that followed them um and so when Brendan and Laura go to check out the dive bar to see the security footage um the the woman like comes out and she's like yeah well i don't have it (laughs) they're like what do you mean you don't have this footage from two days ago and she was like well see a woman came in and installed a new system quote unquote but really all that meant was she took the old footage with her so they don't have anything um but they were able to uh track her with the what was it cash app um that she used to pay and so this this other woman um is named cleo and she's a consultant for vigilantes and um she has been tracking uh brie's movements like social media all kind you know any kind of you know financial activity just any anything and everything that Mm -hmm. she has access to she's tracking course she's also been selling it (laughs) yeah because why not as one would do you know oh i love how brendan was like he was the one that came up with and figured out like oh yeah we can track it from cash app yeah he's so smart he is we love brendan acres yes don't hurt him (laughs) like never ever and don't talk bad about him please yeah don't call him not like you know a fun size agent or whatever now he's <laughs> he's a whole whole grown agent here yeah yeah um but like also random side note like this is like the second time i want to say that like someone's like speaking to brenson like through a doorway and like they won't open the yeah. door all the way so it literally is like they're standing this close to each other and i'm yeah. like they don't know personal space but also they just really need to talk to their suspect so because the first one was when the guy was like yeah let me put on pants or whatever and then yeah. he like bolts out the window yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so but i did like how the camera literally like it you could see it move from like brit to then kevin and then back yeah. to brit, like when they were speaking i don't know i just i nerd out about those things but anyway um, we one well one we love their height difference two we love that they stand so close to each other mm-hmm. i mean we are a brentson stan account 
Yep. So good. Yeah. Um, and so they do eventually find out that the gray truck is registered to Davis Yang, which side note, loved seeing Elena in this episode too. Missed her. Yes. So nice to see her with that info. And so apparently the address that um they pull is like an isolated area in uh Santa Clarita, which aka is the perfect place to hide someone. So we have Simone, Carter, Brendan, and Laura go check it out, but they unfortunately came up empty. Um the well, okay. This is like bizarre, like oh no, never mind. Because they were looking at the truck. But like, why didn't they just know that like Randy was also the like homeowner too? Like there were two people. Yeah. Like on the like, I don't know. But anyway. You would think being feds and like pulling up his information that they would have kind of like put the two and two together. Yeah. Well, I just like it just didn't I don't know. I was just like, wait, there's this other person now? Wait a minute. Yeah. Um but anyway, so yeah, the home belongs to Davis and Randy, and they're both bouncers at this club called Club Forty Seven, and they which is a very brilliant name for a club, I will say. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're the, well, I'm gonna say original kidnappers because <laughs> things get really they're the OGs. Weird. Yeah, like. It gets so weird. I like yeah. don't even. Oh my god, I'm so wrapping my head around it. To be honest, um, sometimes the feds episodes are very convoluted, and I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on in this episode? Yeah, like, there's just a lot going on. Yeah, um, and so Laura remembers that they got um info from Cleo, like all the info that she had, because you know, if Brenton stares you down and and are like, um, give this to us out of the goodness of your heart. <laughs> You're going to be like, okay, sure. So obviously, uh, Cleo had given them all the info that she had. And so they're kind of, because Garza like was talking to everyone and kind of saying how, okay, maybe they should kind of pivot their focus to look at Brie and do a deep dive into her life. And it turns out, though, that Brie's brother is a regular at Club 47. Not only that, but he's the one that paid Davis and Randy to kidnap his sister. After this dude was like, yeah, let me know how I can help. We should have seen the red flag right there. Like, I see. That's the thing, though, is I really didn't. I just thought he was like this, you know, stark contrast to his dad. You know, yeah. Oh, that's what I thought, too. Power hungry person. And then we had this, you know. Tate, who seemed to be all nice and everything, but my God, mm-hmm. he literally did this because Brie was going to vote against him to take over the company because the board was wanting to replace Pierce as CEO. I d- what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so you have your sister kidnapped just so she can't have a vote for crying out loud. This is a new level of sibling it's rivalry. Nuts. Because it's like, and then Brunson's like, okay, well, since Davis and Randy are dead, um, that makes you an accessory. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, like, I, you know, I just want to do this because I needed, you know, this thing to work out for me. And I'm like, dude, 
this is not about you. Like, do you still <laughs> not realize? Like, I just didn't feel like, oh, just, I mean, just no wonder, like, Brie at the end was just, like, so exasperated with her family. It's like, yeah, she's still missing. And, like, literally, I feel like they cared more about, like, their reasons for doing it than actually getting her back. It was just yeah. nuts to me. Um, But anyway, so these vigilantes that kidnapped Bree and well they they kidnapped Bree subsequently murdering Davis and Randy um in order to do so are probably still wanting to cash in on that 10 million dollar reward and Laura's telling Pierce this after she literally barged into his office like boss move loved it she literally does not give it an f like she no. really does not no and i thought it was so hilarious that like brendan had like made himself comfortable on the couch like to wait there like a polite person and then he had to mm-hmm. get up and like storm in after yeah. her and i was like they're so funny laura's like i'm not doing this anymore yeah she did not have time for it um and then this is where it gets even more outrageous i swear to god i wanted to like smack this guy upside the head took back the reward money yeah speaking to one of the kidnappers for crying out loud like you never take back the reward money they're like like, oh yeah we'll just like kill the person then no just no you don't take it back no and so as as he reveals this brendan and laura kind of put it together oh you only put up that money to get brie back to attend the board meeting tomorrow to vote in your favor like what what they were using brie like they yeah. were let's get terrible. let's get her kidnapped let's bring her back like what no yeah, she was just like a pawn for them in this no if we're going with that metaphor in this ridiculous chess game that they yeah. use like it's nuts to me like oh my god um and so they they like go well Brenton's still kind of on the move um and they had pinned a location on the burner phone that called Pierce so they're tracking it and they well they find one of their suspects I should say in a parking garage um and this poor guy well I really shouldn't say poor guy because he literally like took Brie just to get the money but he Van is like bleeding by um this by the car and he's like my son of a bitch ex-partner shot him and you know still has brie um and his ex-partner is finn and he like finn was so dead set on getting that money one way or another um when pierce wouldn't pay originally van wanted out and so Finn's like okay you want out like i literally probably was like okay i will take you out and like shot him um and took Bree and so he's on his way to see Pierce to get that money like no matter what it'll cost him and this was just the absolutely like one of the most ridiculous things the man kept his like regular meeting with his girlfriend yeah even though his daughter is, you know, has been kidnapped by the mercenaries who killed the original kidnappers. Like, dude, 
your priorities are so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Excuse they my really language, are. But yeah, I was just like, what the heck? So I kind of didn't really feel bad that he got shot. Yeah. But I mean, still, I mean, you know, because like parents are parents, like you kind of still want them to be okay. Yeah. But yeah, but this dude was just dirty all around. I yeah, mean, just come ridiculous. on. And then like to have his driver be the one that like got, you know, got hit and then like died. But no, he's going to be expected to pull through. Like, yeah, Beers Langham's going to be just fine. Like, what the heck? Um, And then we got a, well, because Simone stayed with Brie. Um, Brendan got Pierce. And then so Carter and Laura took after, or sorry, chased after Finn um, and ended up shooting him. And I don't know, like, I don't know if it was like intentional or something, but like the pause that like Carter had, like after shooting him, like he seemed very, I don't know, like dejected or something. Like it just yeah. like took a lot out of him to like do that. But like I don't yeah. really know why. Cause we've seen, haven't we seen them like shoot people dead? Yeah, we before? have. Like I don't know. Maybe that was just me reading too much into it. Um, I don't know. But yeah so basically like the whole i guess theme of this is just you know that the public's consensus on billionaires are kind of split because obviously like some people really don't care and then others you know see them as people that don't deserve their wealth or you got people like finn who just want to take their wealth because he can so Mm -hmm. It's just kind of crazy that, like, this whole thing just could have, I mean, like Simone had said, like, in the press conference, like, if they didn't, like, flaunt their wealth, all of this, you know, wouldn't really have happened right. the way that it did. Um, Candace being Candace, like, hosted the press conference and singled out Simone. Um, but, like I said, like... Simone took the opportunity to bring up that, you know, lives were lost because these people have so much money and, but don't, like, they don't really take into consideration, like, the human aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they don't really see people as people, obviously. I mean, they, like, used their, well, Pierce used his daughter and Tate used his sister to, like, get what they wanted. She was just like a means to an end for them. Um, And then, of course, you know, we had Simone bring up like not only that, but just, you know, that she can be a little extra. But this is, you know, it's an important time for them to acknowledge that, you know, there are more people that, you know, go missing. There are more people, you know, that need their help. Like, um. And, you know, she she shouldn't be the one to get all the credit because she, mm-hmm. you know, it was a team effort and yeah. she was not the, you know, most important person to do this job. Um, and I just like how she reiterated, though, afterwards to Candace that she was like, yeah, I can be a little extra. And like, this was how I wanted to do things like she's not going to do things 
Candace's way, she's gonna do things her way. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like I just liked that Carter like stopped and like joked with her about how mm-hmm. he was worried that one day he'd have to work for her if she got promoted before him. And I just felt like their like laughs were just like genuine games. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean well, like, even just the way that they like interacted, it yeah. felt like it was very much like the actors. Like it was yeah. very much Nisi and James, very genuine. Yeah. yeah. So like, I just didn't know if like they kind of like wrote it like that or if they were just literally like, okay, let's kind of improv this and like yeah. do something. Like I want to know these things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was good. Um and then I could spend like five minutes talking about the end part for Brenson, but I won't. I will mention it though. Um, because we had Laura talking to Bree on the yeah. phone about, you know, how to what to do next, like how to, you know, take this company and you know, run it while also, you know, taking her father and brother's board seats while she's mm-hmm. at it. So, you know. More power to her. Like honestly. Girl boss telling a girl boss, giving her advice. Love yeah. to see it. Yeah, so true. Um, and then I don't know what the heck Brendan was doing on his phone, but he was doing something and then like asked, you know, <laughs> how well I don't know, because he was like texting or whatever, and then just like put it down to like maybe, you know, maybe he was texting his bro Mark Atlas. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Laura's killing it. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but we could talk about Brunson for five minutes. I mean, like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, because, like, obviously their whole exchange of, you know, Laura knows a million, you know, ways to get sweet mm-hmm. revenge. And he's like, remind me not to get on your bad side. And she's like, as if you needed the reminder. And then they just look at each other and I just, like, <laughs> melted into a pool of nothing. So I, like, can't. I can't. There are so many things. <laughs> Brenson literally exchanges one look and we're just like we're goners we're gone I don't even understand like just I don't know just like both the interactions like the end for the um I almost said TOs and rookies that's not right the um (laughs) special agents and the probationary uh officers like they just wow no probationary agents sorry like they just seemed like I don't know like they took liberties with it or something like I don't know it just seemed very like casual and chill and fun and I just loved that so yeah yeah but yeah like Jennifer said they have one look in an elevator and I we're just we're done for yeah I mean I feel like that just sums us up at this (laughs) point like we're literally 14 episodes into this new show and like already standing Brunson as friends romantic partners literally anything we're mm-hmm. we're laura Stenson and brenton brendan acres stan accounts now it's fine yep. yep and so we do have a little bit on um candace garza's ex-wife and we like first meet her when she one-ups him during the uh shooting training like the woman just comes out and like puts the bullets in perfect little groups and then just uh-huh. takes off her I don't even know what they are like the thing they're not headsets but like the whatever the heck they put around their yeah uh the tops of their heads and it's just like hi 
<laughs> I'm just like, and she's all like cocky about it too. I'm like, yeah. okay, who are you? Yeah, I like, was like, who? yeah, I because I remember when I saw the promo photos, I didn't really realize that like that was her, and I was just like, this woman means business, and obviously I was right, she does. Yeah. Um, and Simone being Simone, she had absolutely no filter. Um, when like she and Carter and Candace were um driving a little bit later and was like so are you ex-wife number one two or three and Mm -hmm. Carter's like you'll have to forgive her she doesn't really know what she's saying and but I mean Candace went along with it for a little bit and was like no you know I'm ex-wife number you know I'm number one um and she and Matthew met in Tampa I guess when they were first starting Mm -hmm. out in training I love when Garza was introducing them all at the shooting range or whatever. And he's like, so this is, you know, Stenson, Acres, Cart, Hope or whatever. And then yeah. Simone's like, and I'm Simone Clark. Like, yeah, I'm not going to let Garza introduce me. Yeah. Yep. And she just, I mean, they all did good. I don't know. I, I liked the, I liked the shooting range scene for like them. Cause we got to see Simone and Brendan, like, you know. Mm-hmm. team up and be badass and give me more of those outfits please yeah it was so fun oh shoot you know what i meant to do was like put a side by side of like the um that one instagram story that kevin shared of like brit took a selfie or whatever and she was like in her polo and hat from oh the episode and i forgot because we had shared it, it. we shared it like earlier but i just wanted to do a side by side because it's hilarious like her face is like the funniest thing ever we could still do it why not but anyway um but yeah i liked team scenes like that although i don't know i just should have like should have seen it coming that like when simone introduced herself i was like okay she's gonna stand out which is totally cool but I just had a feeling that like Candace yeah. was gonna like latch onto that really quick, yeah. And she did kind of because she was a little bit sneaky in her motives to try and kind of poach Simone from Garza's unit to be this new face of the FBI. Um, and she kind of not not subtly, but just like this smaller step would be for you know Simone to speak at this fancy gala in DC next month, and um when she was talking well carter was so funny he was like i know you're gonna tell me so just like tell me what you and candace talked about and she was oh like, he wanted all the hot gossip yeah um and you know she checks a lot of boxes being an lgbtq woman of color of a certain age um and carter was like you know you're being groomed right like this speech is your audition for this platform that candace has set up even though it's not it wouldn't be on simone's terms it would be on candace's terms and she'd essentially be like a puppet yeah or candace to like it would help simone a little bit but it would still be all on candace's terms yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so kind of the like storyline within this storyline is simone's grappling with okay should i you know go and speak at this gala should i you know listen to what candace is offering um and 
So we had a good conversation between uh, Simone and Garza because, like, he could have very easily told her what she wanted to hear. Yeah. But he didn't. And, like, he told her the truth that if she took the promotion, um, you know, in this opportunity, like, nothing would be her way, which is something Simone's always wanted to have things, like, to make an impact on her terms, not by Mm -hmm. anyone else's. And so she does end up turning down the opportunity that Candace presented to her, which obviously, I mean, you can't have like this show without and then have, you know, Simone be in DC or, you know, wherever right. Candace goes, like that wouldn't, you know, work. Um, yeah. But still, it was nice to get like everyone's opinion because i mean like we even saw like when cuddy came which i have that as a separate little thing um when cuddy stopped by the bureau which was unexpected like he noticed that you know simone was obviously dealing with this and you know she's worried that candace is gonna she didn't say demote her but i mean Mm -hmm. like or you know could like bounce her from the program possibly because they're you know probationary periods almost up but it's like they're still not you know they're not there yet um if she wouldn't have taken her up on the offer um but you know cutting it said well you don't want to you know it sounds like you could just be like a mascot like they could be using you just to do you know like what she wants and so he just wanted her to think about that but it was nice that, you know, we got to see how proud he was of Simone mm-hmm. and, like, what she was doing. Although he really did want to watch the game on the big screen TV. The man, like, did not He was so insistent on yeah. it. It was so funny. Because then it came back around at the end of the episode, too. I was like, I can't. Like, he just, he was so hilarious. Yeah. And then she was like, no. <laughs> School <laughs> your face. That's a no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was just thinking, okay, how many episodes did they have before Beds got a full season pickup? Was it nine or 14? And then they got like an extra seven. I think they had just like the first like nine. Because I was thinking like, okay, you know how they plan out like, you know, half the season or whatever in advance. I was thinking, what if this was supposed to be like their final episode if they didn't get a pickup and then oh. it was going to be like Simone like goes back over to DC and like you know as kind of the face of the FBI obviously they got the pickup so like it, mm-hmm. you know nothing to worry about there but I didn't even think of that I don't know I'm gonna see right now if that was like if it was episode 14 or nine because for some reason those numbers stick out in my head nine would make sense because that was like mid-season finale yeah but i don't know though because it was like after like the news came out or whatever after episode like october 21st is when they received to the full season order bringing it up to 22 episodes yeah so that would have been like a month in so it would have been on episode like three or four yeah which, I mean, they could have been filming, but I don't know. Let's see. Wait, here's the Variety article. It doesn't say, like, how many episodes they originally had planned. No. 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 Hmm. 
I don't know why nine and 14 are sticking out to me, but I mean, they I feel like are. at least usually, at least from what I've like read or seen, it's, you know, you do anywhere from like eight to 10. Yeah. And then, and then make it a full, like, you know, 2022. 20, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just know. says that they like have received full season orders for mm-hmm. 22 episodes, but nothing as far as like, oh, well, they originally had nine and then moved it up to 22. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and not to say that this storyline couldn't have been put into episode nine, you know, if the show hadn't gotten picked up for the full season. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just kind of gave like season finale or series finale vibes where like, you know, if they couldn't bit. finish yeah. the show, like Simone could go off and kind of do something else. But yeah. obviously that doesn't have to happen. So Heck no. Um, they're killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And taking names. Yep. Yeah. And I thought it was nice that we got to see, like towards the end of the episode, like we got to see Matt and Candace talk about things. Yeah. But just like while I understood or can understand anyway a little bit just as a woman having to you know work and you know do similar things that men do then you know we're not it's not on equal ground like so I understand Candace's mission to kind of you know claw her way up the ladder for this job but it just I feel like she let it change her a little bit like yeah she was very demanding she didn't lean on you know garza for support um and then but you know he felt bad because he didn't really see how much it was affecting her and Mm -hmm. um you know he couldn't he couldn't help if he didn't know there was a problem in the first place yeah Um, yeah so they kind of but i mean it was nice that they got to hash things out um and then kind of end on a I don't even know what kind of note because it was not like they're like you know happy-go-lucky like everything's you know completely fine but it's like they were at least able to kind of hash things out then also like reminisce on their past a little bit and like how like why they worked together yeah like for the time that they did yeah um yeah so i thought that was nice i also Uh, loved how like she was trying to steal elena from him and he was not having that like for crying out loud (laughs) like elena was like okay i'm just gonna give her some coffee and then he's like what the heck are you doing giving her coffee like i was just like dude i understand you're kind of a little bit of paranoia but i'm like it's just coffee yeah (laughs) well and then she was even like do i call you auntie candace still or no and Mm. she's like you can call me whatever you want and then garza was still just like pissed about that it was like yeah don't piss off matt garza here heck no yeah um and so obviously i don't i just thought it was nice that we got to kind of hear from their perspectives just how it was coming up in the bureau and how you know it was easier for Matt because people already treated him as equal to them or like on their level whereas yeah even though they worked together people were still kind of 
looking more towards him, not at Candace as someone that was equally as important. So, which is unfortunate. And I kind of, like, when Simone was um, giving the, like, stats towards the beginning that, like, the, you know, men outnumber women in the bureau, like, four to one, I was like, holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's nuts. Like, wow. Um, yeah. So, we had a nice um, scene with that, with them. Um, and that kind of, that really, I mean, that wrapped up the well didn't wrap up the episode it wrapped up their storyline we had ended with the um you know cutting and simone conversation but since we don't have any listener thoughts for fed that <laughs> wraps up yeah the episode yeah pretty much yeah like i said we could still talk about brenson but um pretty sure well i mean i i can't say anything more about them really yeah, I mean, other than they're pretty people. And yeah. We just hope that if if the next episode is Valentine's themed, <laughs> oh, hopefully <yeah. laughs> we get some some kind of mentions of like Laura and Mark. Yeah. And hopefully Brendan and Antoinette are good. Yeah. I also kind of want to know what the heck Simone's going to do for Valentine's Day, though, if it does end up being a Valentine's Day thing. Same. I mean, I feel like, well, we don't even really know if the rookie is going to be Valentine's themed. That's true. That's true. I, I will say that I liked how, and I'm sure that some of this was a little planned just because they have the same showrunner, same, you know, kind of set of writers, or at least some of them are the same, that this episode of Feds and then the episode of the rookie were kind of intertwined in that, like, they both had storylines dealing with money and like, you know, Mm -hmm. how different people view the money and all that. So it was good to see. And I don't know. I just liked that. And then next week or next episode, we get a little rookie feds kind of mini crossover in the rookie. Um, Yeah. Like, Oh my God. I feel like we should talk about those promos scene. And then I would literally, (laughs) I felt so bad that it took me like, two seconds longer to realize oh duh kevin's standing next to brit because where there's laura there's brendan <laughs> yeah but like you don't even really see his face so no. it's i mean it's valid but I yeah it was 99. like 9.9 so sure it's him yeah <laughs> like it has to be so <laughs> yeah yeah but the promos are like really like i'm excited i know same like i'm excited i don't understand though why like Balin has to go to another place in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm getting yeah again more like two eleven weird vibes, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like yeah, I just hope that they actually do get. Well, I know John's not really like one to like want to grieve like mm-hmm. right away. At least it doesn't seem like that because Bailey's kind of pushing, you know your mom just died like this can wait and he's like no i just want to get this over with but i do hope they like revisit it yeah now he you know both of his parents are gone so yeah well and i feel like especially with the way that his mom was like he will probably try and push off like the grief process and everything but yeah yeah i don't know i 
I have to watch the Feds promo again, but I'm like really excited for the rookie in two weeks because yeah. I want to see how all of this Elijah stuff shakes out. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little nervous for it, but I, I do want to see how it all shakes out. So, yeah. Feds was like good. They had a good promo because it's, yeah. I still don't really understand though how in the world someone could be ruled dead like six years earlier and then it's like, oh, now they're actually dead. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Like what? But it's Make also it TV, sense? so they can do yeah. whatever they want. That's true. They can. Um, yeah, and then obviously nothing can really happen to Simone. Like I said earlier, you can't have the show without Simone. But yeah. just, I just want to know how in the world the like I'm assuming like a crash happens or whatever because it's like she was so good, you know, at like the dri- you yeah. know driving skills and everything. So I'm just like. Did she go a little too fast? And, they, you know, they just caught a bad, you know, bump in the road and just, mm-hmm. like, spun out? Or just, like, yeah, I don't know. And I Carter, just, like, holding on for dear life. Yeah. Like, His I just want to know. is hilarious. Like, I want to know what happens. I just, I need to know. I, yeah. But, yeah, the promos were good. Like, I was yeah. all excited posting the thread last, well, the mini thread. It's going to be, like... A little mini hiatus, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that wraps up yeah. <laughs> for the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys can find us on Twitter at the shop talk pod underscore or email us at shop talk the rookie podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts. And obviously you can find us on Twitter as well. I'm at Carrie Hyman and Jennifer. I'm at jstark 4 And we are also on TikTok at the Shop Talk Podcast underscore. And we're working on T Public stuff. Got plenty yeah. of ideas, um, things in the works. So, um, and I know Jennifer, you had said last week, like they're always having sales. Yeah. So just be sure. I mean, we'll we'll probably post about you know like an update with that uh as well when we get more more stuff done but yeah um because i know like lots of people like want other things like we've had quite a few ideas like sent to us or mentioned on twitter we just there's a lot yeah (laughs) there's a lot to do guys yeah um but yeah so um if you like this episode and shop talk you know leave us a rating and review it really helps out the podcast and helps other fans find us and like jennifer said we have a little week hiatus um so we will be back in two weeks with a new episode covering uh episodes 515 of the rookie and 115 of feds yeah that's it that wraps it up for this week Bye, guys. Bye. Go get them, boo.